well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad that you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about uh, the decision in Albuquerque, New Mexico on uh, Wednesday where a U.S. District Court judge granted a temporary restraining order against this uh, public health order suspending the right to carry in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County, New Mexico. Uh, We're going to be speaking with Phil Buckles, who is the uh, owner and lead instructor at Bus Tactical in Albuquerque, uh, here in just a minute. Get his thoughts on the uh, decision by the judge and uh, hear what the governor's attempt to suspend the Second Amendment in New Mexico's largest city has uh, meant in terms of the number of people who are, are now actually interested in getting their concealed carry license. Uh, before we get to that, however, Biden's America, well, it's crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch me next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it. And I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855 412 3806. So, yes, we did see the uh, judge yesterday. I was a little surprised that the uh, judge issued his ruling from the bench. Didn't take a day or two to decide. But I guess given the uh, emergency nature here, uh, Judge Urias decided, all right, might as well get this uh, out of the way. And it did seem at times, I was listening to the uh, to the hearing uh, via audio, did seem at times that the uh, judge was very, very, very sympathetic to uh, the governor uh, and may have been uh, inclined to allow this suspension to proceed. But uh, as he said, he has to follow Supreme Court precedent. And under the Bruin decision, it was clear to him that uh, banning the bearing of arms entirely in uh, Albuquerque and Bernalillo County, uh, not likely to uh, be constitutional. And that's why he granted that restraining order. So now the question is, what happens next? I don't think that the governor is simply going to give up her anti-gun ways. Uh, We heard from the uh, attorney representing the governor yesterday. She listed at one point the, uh, the, all of these sensitive places that New York had imposed post Bruin. Um, and the judge pointed out, okay, yeah, but that's different than a blanket ban on carrying, which makes me wonder if the governor's next step isn't going to be trying to come up with a laundry list of no-go zones for gun owners like they've done in New York, Maryland, New Jersey, California, most recently, Hawaii as well. Um, and you know, if she decides to do that, I don't think that there's a guarantee she's going to be able to get that through the legislature. She could try to do it again in an emergency order. Uh, I don't know if she's (laughs) that much of a glutton for punishment that she wants to get smacked down by the courts right away. But, you know, all of those other states that have imposed these sweeping sensitive places, these are all formerly May issue states, right? So these were the states that restricted who could get a carry license to begin with. And once the Supreme Court said, no, 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 you can't do that, then they switched to, okay, well, fine, if we can't restrict 
the number of concealed carry permits to an absolute minimum. Well, we're going to make it impossible for those with concealed carry permits to carry anywhere. New Mexico is a shall issue state. And I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, the governor would like to make a name for herself uh, within the anti-gun movement. And so maybe she will try to make New Mexico become the first shall issue state to impose these same types of uh, broad restrictions on carrying firearms. But again, I I don't think that she is done with her uh, anti-gun ways. Let's talk about it again with the uh, owner and lead instructor at Boss Tactical, Phil Buckles. Take a look and a listen. Phil, thanks so much for coming to the show, man. It's great to see you today. Well, Cam, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad we've got some good news to talk about, too. The uh, decision coming out Wednesday afternoon, the restraining order is now in effect. Uh, not that not that it seemed like anybody was even uh, enforcing the governor's order. I mean, even the uh, state police spokesperson said, no, we hadn't issued any citations here. I got to just ask you, I mean, when you heard that the governor was was trying to suspend the right to carry in uh, Bernalillo County in Albuquerque, what was your first reaction? Um, you know, it's weird because she um, she used these public health orders during COVID, too, obviously. And we we were technically in masks until five months ago. She just let it go back in April. Um, so she uses them kind of to do whatever she wants. Um, we know that she doesn't like guns. and um, But in the moment. It was a combination of, well, this is stupid. No one's going to listen to it. And furious of how dare she try and do this to us. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of folks had that same reaction, that 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 rage at, you know, trying to uh, just obliterate a constitutional right. And then the stupidity, just the sheer stupidity of trying to fight violence, saying that we're going to fight violent crime by making it impossible for you to protect yourself, right? When the governor herself acknowledged criminals weren't going to abide by this order, so this was about telling law-abiding people, no, you can't protect yourself. When you saw the hundreds of people who uh, showed up in Old Town Albuquerque to uh, to protest, a lot of them were openly carrying. Um, what? First of all, did did you uh, were, were you out there at that protest? And and what did you think when you saw the defiance of the governor's order? Uh, um, I couldn't make it. I had pre pre scheduled commitment, so I couldn't make that. But I saw it. Um, I know some people who were there, and um, I think it's just a great testament to. Those of us who are strong Second Amendment supporters, you know, New Mexico, we're very much still the Wild West out here. You know, most of the state is farmland and ranches. And um, I think when you try and tell people in this state that you can't carry a gun, it makes them want to do it even more. You know, my wife's had her concealed carry permit for about six or seven months now. Um, she hasn't gotten into carrying yet. But when the order came out, she's like, I want to carry now just just as an act of defiance because she cannot do this to us. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing that your wife's not alone. Um, I was going to ask. I mean, what 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 is uh, what's business been like at Boss Tactical this week? Have you gotten more calls from people who are saying, "All right, you know what? I was thinking about it, but now I'm I'm off the fence. I'm I'm going to get my carry license." Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely did see an increase. Um, you know, went from a few inquiries a week to a few inquiries a day about people. When's your next class? How can I? How can I fight this? How can I protect myself? That's very good to hear. Uh, and do you think that that's going to translate into uh, political engagement uh, on the part of these gun owners? Because, I mean, as you well know, over the past you know five years or so, it seems like every year lawmakers come back to Santa Fe, they're passing something, right? Whether it's universal background checks or a red flag law or they're banning guns from the state capitol. H- has this been a wake-up call, you think, for, uh, for gun owners? Uh, not necessarily Second Amendment activists. They're already engaged. But, but those gun owners who are not 
uh, 2A advocates. Is this a wake-up call for them? I would sure hope so. Um, I think that there's there's definitely more um, more knowledge about it, more interest in how do I defend myself? Um, you know, if the governor's going to say I can't carry a gun, it kind of makes me want to do it, do it even more. Right. Um, yeah. So definitely think it's it's going to spur some people on to be a little more involved. Are, are you concerned about uh, what the governor might try to do next now that this order has been struck down or at least uh, enjoined by the courts? I'm always concerned about what our governor is going to try and do next. But um, I think that we've got some great two way groups that are fighting against her. Um, you know, and they're they're doing their job. We're doing our job on the ground here to to push back as much as we can. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the sky's the limit of what she can try now. If she can try this, what's going to stop her from trying whatever she wants to do? Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what she does or tries to do. It will be interesting. And and again, it's also interesting that the, you know, the the pushback has been, uh, at least to date, bipartisan in nature. I mean, everybody from the uh, county sheriff to the mayor to the attorney general, you've got a number of Democratic lawmakers who said, you can't do this. This is unconstitutional. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't go along with the next thing that she suggests. But uh, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I actually felt pretty good seeing this bipartisan opposition to the governor's order. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Albuquerque itself is a very blue city. Um, hearing our mayor, uh, chief of police, uh, the county sheriff, and like you said, the DA, all the way up to the state DA saying, you can't do this. This is unconstitutional. Uh, it, it's not going to do any good. Now, is gun violence a problem in our city, in our state? Absolutely. But this is not the way to fix it. Um, this All this does is it takes away guns from law-abiding citizens who are just trying to protect themselves in, in a city that has gun problems. You know, and uh, it's been a few years since I've been to Albuquerque. It is a beautiful city, um, but it is, you know, it, it, it's always had, I think, a, uh, a a problem with violent crime. I think part of that is just, you know, and the governor's attorney talked about this uh, yesterday. She talked about, you know, the nexus of guns and drugs, right? You've got I-40 running through Albuquerque. You've got another major interstate running north-south. So this is a primary, you know, drug trafficking route. And a lot of the violence, it seems, in Albuquerque stems from gangs and drugs, which again begs the question, why go after concealed carry holders, right, in, in the name of public safety? What are some of the things that you would like to see, just as a resident of Albuquerque, what are some of the things that you'd like to see the governor and the state and then the city do to fight violent crime without going after law-abiding gun owners? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things we need to do is actually punish people for the crimes that they commit, right? There's story after story of a, a revolving door of our criminal justice system where people get arrested and two days later, they're back out in the streets and they do it again. Um, you know, there's stories where people get released and put on an ankle monitoring system um, for violent crimes. And then what do they do? They cut the ankle monitoring bracelet off and they go back right to doing what they're doing. Um, so I think just enforcing the laws that are actually already on the books, right? And, and providing sentences to these criminals, um, I think would would be a big step in the right direction. I can't disagree with you there. Uh, and I think the juvenile justice system, and this is not unique to uh, to New Mexico, but it seems like you all also have a, a growing problem with juvenile offenders who, again, maybe getting even, uh, you know, softer treatment than than the adult criminals are getting. And I think that's a huge issue because you're right. When when criminals believe or know that they can get away with their crimes, they're going to commit more of them, right? It, it's when those consequences uh, are anticipated or expected that you start to see 
these crime rates fall. And it sounds like in Albuquerque, there are a lot of criminals who think that they can get away with murder, quite literally, because they are. Yeah. And they can, exactly. It's not that they think they can, they actually can in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Phil, I mean, going forward, I do expect that uh, there will be more people who will try to exercise their right to carry. They'll become concealed carry holders. Um, is that the primary reason, you know, how often do you hear from, from your customers, the folks who visit Boss Tactical, that they're concerned about crime? Uh, and that is why they are choosing to carry, not, not to exercise their right, not because they want to make a political statement, but because they simply want to be able to protect themselves and their families in a, in a dangerous city. Yeah, that is by far the primary reason. Every time I start a concealed carry class, that's one of the questions. Like, why are you here? What are you looking for? What do you want to get out of this class? Um, and nine out of ten, it's whether it's moms or dads or grandparents or aunts and uncles. It's um, I want to be able to defend myself and my family. You know, look out for my kids. Um, it's it's by far the biggest reason people look to get concealed carry permits. So when is the uh, when's the next course uh, that uh, you're going to be putting on? And is there still space available? Um, there is space available. I don't have it scheduled yet. Um, uh, I've been working real hard. My wife and I are real busy with, we run three business between the two of us and school our kids half the time. So I'm trying to find time to get one on the calendar, but, um, I've had people reaching out and asking and I will get one out very shortly I'll be on my website and out my newsletter. Awesome. Well, listen, man, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the program and, and I appreciate uh, all of that you're doing to help uh, ensure that, there are safe and responsible gun owners out there in Albuquerque. Uh, if folks want to find out more, it's just uh, bosquetactical.com, right? Yep. B-O-S-Q-U-E tactical.com. Bosque tactical. All right. Well, listen, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the program. I hope that we can have you back again in the uh, not too distant future. And again, thanks for everything you do, man. No, it's my pleasure, Cam. Thank you for all that you do and um, love everything that I hear coming out of your podcast and your videos. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Phil. Well, I appreciate Phil joining us on the program. And if you are in the Albuquerque area and looking to get your concealed carry license, you might want to give Boss Tactical a call. Right now, let's uh, switch over to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report will uh, start there with a case out of Austin, Minnesota, where a shooting that was originally charged as an attempted murder ends up in a plea bargain, resulting in nothing more than probation. That's right. Uh, 34-year-old Denroy Ashen Jeffers-Brown, sentenced to five years of supervised probation, originally charged with second-degree attempted murder, first-degree assault, and second-degree assault with a deadly weapon. Uh, he eventually took a plea deal, pleaded guilty to third-degree assault, causing substantial bodily harm. He's accused of shooting another man back in June of this year in the basement of a home in Austin, Minnesota. The victim told police he was held down by another person and then shot in the chest by Jeffers-Brown. A witness as well as Jeffers Brown, claimed that the gun fell out of his pocket and then went off. A, a witness told investigators it happened as Jeffers Brown was moving to pistol whip the victim. Yeah, so um, maybe there were some evidentiary issues in terms of uh, whether or not this was intentional, but we know that there was violence inflicted on this guy. Even the uh, uh, one witness who said, well, the gun fell out of his pocket as he was going to pistol whip the guy who was being held down. Yeah, again, all of this resulting in a plea deal, and a, a violent offender getting off with nothing more than probation. Today's armed citizen story from McCalla, Alabama, where an intruder was killed in a shootout with a, a homeowner. The homeowner injured, but thankfully it looks like that uh, homeowner is going to recover. This happened Wednesday morning about 7 a.m. Uh, in uh, McCalla, Alabama. 
The deputies called out to the home on a report of a burglary in progress. When they arrived, they found a man who had been shot and killed. Investigators say that the man was hiding in the home when the homeowner discovered him. Uh, he was trying to leave the home and he was confronted by another resident who apparently was sleeping uh, in a room near the door. Witnesses told deputies that there was a shootout between the intruder and the man who confronted him. Another man who lived there uh, injured, taken to, or the uh, man who lived there rather, was injured, but taken to a hospital. Life uh, uh, injuries last reported again to be not life threatening. I uh, don't have a lot of information about the suspect who was shot and killed. Hopefully we'll get more information. And again, you know, owning a firearm, it's not a suit of armor. It doesn't mean that you will never be injured if you are the victim of a violent crime. But hopefully it gives you a fighting chance of survival. And it sounds like that's the case here in McCalla, Alabama. If this homeowner had not been armed, what would have happened when this intruder was discovered? Again, a shootout had occurred, uh, but if there was only one armed intruder and two unarmed residents, there still might very well have been a shooting. And instead of a justifiable homicide, could have been looking at first-degree murder there in McCalla, Alabama. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a nurse in Forsyth County, Georgia, who saved a child who was choking at a restaurant. Yeah, the nurse out on a date and uh, all of a sudden ended up saving a life. Pretty incredible stuff. Um, according to uh, WSB in Atlanta, Sharice uh, Putman was on a date in uh, Cumming, Georgia, a place called the Tacos and Tequila. Sounds like a really good place to uh, go out on a date. She said, we could have easily been seated at the back of the restaurant. So when she brings us in, she seats us directly in the front of the restaurant. She was ordering a margarita when she heard a commotion on the other side of the uh, partition where she was sitting. A uh, mom noticed that her son was choking. She started to yell out, spit it out, spit it out. And then began to yell for help. The boy's father rushes in, tries to help his son as well. Putman said that when I looked over and I saw the look in the dad's eyes and the look of terror and despair on his face, that's what made me jump out of my seat. She said, I just remember coming around and just picking the little boy up and reacting. I remember the second, the third thrust. I remember whatever was in his mouth was dislodged. And the dad was like, thank you. He's okay. Uh, mom gave Putman a, a, a hug. Putman said, I looked her in the eyes and said, I'm a mom of five. I get it. Uh, Putman has been a nurse for nine years. Much of that time as a trauma nurse, according to WSB. She uh, posted about this on uh, TikTok. Uh, millions of views for this uh, video. And uh, she has actually had some really good advice. She said, you know, if you're not trained, if you don't know CPR, and you're in a situation like this, do exactly what the, mom's, uh, what, the, what the mom did here. She said, screaming for help, calling for help. That was so vital and key in getting that baby quick assistance. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Sharice Putman, there in uh, Forsyth County, Georgia, we thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. I'm looking forward to being back with you again next Monday. But of course, we'll be updating BearingArms.com between now and then with all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation you need to know about. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP and VIP Gold membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support for us, we're going to show our thanks by giving you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. New stories and analysis that matter. Just like your backing. So thank you again. Have a great weekend. Looking forward to seeing you again on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. 